This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 127. Today on our show, it's all about green and coal rain townships with historian Joe Flickinger. There's a lot of similarities, but then there's also some differences as well. Um, probably the biggest thing that uh, within recent history is the building of Northgate Mall. Um, you know, that, that was a big, huge boom for, for coal rain Avenue, especially. Joe is a history teacher, author of several books on local history, as well as the vice president of the Green Township Historical Association. Born and bred in the Western Hills, he talked to us about his home township, as well as neighboring Coleraine Township. We chat, of course, about the history of the two townships, famous places within, as well as the present and future of these communities. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Joe. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from the INCI and NATI, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at cincinnati.com in Cincinnati. So I guess uh, we'll start with the, uh, the course we're, we're talking about, you're properly talking about an area of Cincinnati. We'll, we'll need to find out where you went to high school, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a proud graduate of Oak Hills High School. Oak Hills. Yeah, a buddy of mine went there. In fact, our friend Greg Martini, who was on the show, uh, went to Oak Hills High School. Funny story about Greg. Uh, actually, my wife and I, our first house was two doors down from Greg's dad and mom. Oh. So, um, I'm sure he would prob- you would probably say, oh, I, a guy by the name of Joe Flickinger knows you. And he'd probably say, who? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> He, uh, yeah, his, his mom and dad were, were great people, and you know, the couple times I interacted with Greg, he was a, he was a good guy. Well, that's cool. All right, so Oak Hills High School, and then, uh, so do you grow up interested in history, or I guess we should tell people that didn't maybe didn't read the summary uh, where they get their, get their podcasts from. You've written a couple history books about the area you grew up in. I have. Um, I wrote, my first book was uh, Bicentennial History of Green Township. Um, and that was that that was written about the same time as the bicentennial, uh, which was in 2009. So, um, you know, that that came out actually a couple of years after just with the whole publishing uh, thing and you know going through rewrites and, and all that different kind of stuff. Um, and then um, my second book was a history of Coleraine Township. Um, and that was, uh, you know, obviously covering the, the whole entire history from the from the frontier and. Uh, the one big Native American attack that happened there to, uh, I guess you could call it a fort or a station, um, all the way forward to uh, today's big, huge suburban area. So um, I've got the, I, I kind of got it covered with uh, two of your biggest west side townships. I was uh, looking at the, uh, the footprint of both of those townships takes up a big chunk of the western part of Hamilton County. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the last census, both of the townships were at about... 60,000. Um, I guess the last uh, census estimate, they're a little bit over 60,000. So you're talking a good 120,000 people that uh, that both those townships have. 
And area-wise, I found out that Coleraine Township is the second largest township in terms of square miles after uh, Madison Township uh, up by where I grew up uh, in Lake County. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I believe... Just at listening to the podcast uh, myself, you're from Cleveland, correct? Yep. Okay. All right. Great. But I've, awesome. I've, lived, I've lived in Anderson since 1993, so gotcha. I, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I can tell you all kinds of stuff about Anderson Township, but like I said, the the west side is a bit of a mystery to me. We have some friends over there. We, we venture over there occasionally, but, yeah, it just seems like uh, – and because there's really no – if you think about it, there, there's no – easy way even though it's not that far i was i told a story on the podcast a couple i always tell the story that i, I sub for trivia once or twice over there and as long as it's inside the 275 loop i'll usually say yes to subbing anywhere and i told my wife oh it's gonna be out in western hill she's like oh geez that's so far away it took me 20 minutes to 20 minutes to get there it seems like forever <laughs> funny, funny thing is that uh, we say that too whenever we have to get right to these yeah but if i have to go you know um if i have to go up to loveland or anywhere like that, or even if we go up to Tri County, it doesn't seem that far. It's, just, uh, it's the same amount of time, but it's oh, I guess because it, because it's all freeway. It's just your, you know, your, exactly. in your mind, it, yeah, it just seems farther than it really is. So uh, you you're you live in Green Township, and you're from Green Township. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Okay. Correct. So Oak Hills is properly in Green Township, is what. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oak Hills High School is in Green Township. Uh, it covers most of Green Township, and then all of Delhi Township. Okay. Um, so do you, are you interested in history growing up? Does that come later? Uh, how does that all come together? Um, yeah, I was, I grew up actually right next to, uh, and this is going to sound strange cause it did to a lot of my parents' friends. Um, I grew up next to Green Township or yeah, Green Township. That's what we're talking about. Uh, next to Bridgetown Cemetery. Um, ah. so you know, I have early memories of my parents and my grandparents just taking and taking me on walks, um, you know, through the roads and and seeing some of the old headstones. And, you know, I was to me, I a lot of my memories center around, you know, who were these people? Um, you know, why are some of the, the headstone inscriptions in different languages, which uh, if they were, it was in German, oh. um, very, very German area of of Hamilton County. Um, so, you know, th that, that was probably some of my, my earliest memories. And then my, my social studies and history teachers throughout school, um, were big influences as well. You know, really encouraged me to, to go out and, and do my own research and, and things like that. And, and, and it kind of helped that one of my, uh, social studies teachers as well was a, um, came from a family that was an early family of Green Township as well. So, um, you know, the, going to elementary school, you know, you, you we had a, uh, a horse farm next to the elementary school. And, you know, some of some of my early memories of school was going out with the class and uh, the people that uh, ran it would allow us to, to feed the horses, you know, carrots or apples or, or whatever it was. So um, it was it was definitely a neat kind of a experience. So it was always well, that horse farm just disappeared. Well, what was there before? And, um, you know, that really just kind of got my got my imagination going, you know, and in growing up, uh, I guess, amongst all the the various different suburban developments that were happening, um, you know, growing up in the 80s and early 90s, that was really when you started to see see a lot of the 
the farms completely disappear and you just saw this big huge suburban spans of <laughs> of homes then that that looked the same and uh traffic issues and you know all the things that that come with that so, so, so go ahead i was gonna say pretty early on you were a student of the history of the area yes absolutely absolutely i one one of my uh, one of the things I remember talking about was uh, in in school uh, was well wouldn't it be neat to to draw a map and and you know have a map available for people of what was here and what was there and now here I am doing that now. <laughs> so, oh, uh, speaking of cemeteries, I made a note here when you were talking about that because um, we have them around this side of town, uh, and I guess I I kind of see them in other parts of the city in Hamilton County. These little weird. Tiny cemeteries. I guess they're they're technically called pioneer cemeteries. Uh, yeah, are there yeah. lots of those dotting? There's one for folks uh, on the north side of town in Sharonville, right by the Shell Station. There's a little itty bitty one right before you get on the freeway. Just random. Exactly. Yeah. They're, exactly. So there's lots of those in on, in the Western Hills, I reckon. You do. You do. You uh, there mainly. Uh, you have family, and then. Uh, small little, I guess you could say, little what used to be community cemeteries, um, and they would be. Um, you know, there's one uh, that is a, a family cemetery called the Lingo Cemetery. There's the Van Blaircombe Cemetery. The, you know, number of different smaller little places that you drive by them at your 35, 40 miles an hour, and you might see them for a second or two, and um, you don't really. Think about where they would have come from, or, or who. A lot of them had uh, had families that have been there since uh, the early 1800s that are buried in some of those places. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, same thing. Same thing here on the uh, on the west side. We have a strange one in the township here. We 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 just call Anderson the township. You guys do that over there? Is it just the township? Because we refer to Anderson just as the township. Um, but any for. For for us, it's uh, we're we're kind of broken down into the I guess the geographic place names. Um, okay, Bridgetown or oh yeah, that that or, makes sense. Yeah, that now that I think yeah. about it, when people call into radio shows and whatnot. So anyway, in one of the developments here that was built in I guess the '60s, late '60s, early '70s, it's up on a plateau, and there's one the main house of the land is still there. It's still a residence, but all around it is a subdivision. And then at the back of the subdivision, there is a cemetery. And on the one street, the people's backyard is the cemetery. And I believe oh, it's, wow. I believe it's maintained. Yeah. Cause we were, when we were looking for houses, uh, we looked at one there and we looked out the window, uh, from the up there. I'm like, there's a cemetery back here. This is strange. <laughs> I think the uh, township administers it, but yeah, there's a cemetery pretty much smack in the middle. Well, it's on the edge of the, but it's in the, it's in the housing development. So. I- yeah, I'm sure that was a little disconcerting at, at first. Kind of cool, but we didn't. We weren't keen on the house, so uh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a weird design, but uh, yeah, that was probably one of the big selling points. Actually, it's <laughs> kind of unique. Um, so with, let's let's go backwards, I guess. Let's, let's start with Green Township. Uh, so, and and for folks not familiar, we're gonna that includes as uh, Joe mentioned the communities of Bridgetown, Dent, Monfort Heights, probably the ones people most familiar with, White Oak. Uh, where, where does Green Township start? Uh, Green Township start on, on the east side of, uh, of, if you were to visualize a map, you'd see the small city of Cheviot, which used to be a part of Green Township. Um, to the north, the border is Coleraine Township. Uh, to the west is Miami Township. And to the south is Delhi Township. So, 
Um, you, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, uh, mention the, the one place name, one neighborhood that uh, you didn't mention, and that is Mac. So I'm sure the people in Mac will be oh, very happy. I have it on my list. Yeah, I don't, you don't really hear much about Mac. That's you don't. You don't. Um, it, it was uh, it was probably the most known in recently uh, for the five way intersection that was there that they have since uh, moved and made into a, a general intersection. But, okay. Uh, that that was that was the that was the big claim to fame there uh, with Mac was the the traffic that came from a five way intersection. So when was Green Township settled? Uh, early uh, 1800s was when you started to see uh, some of the people starting to move in. Um, late 1700s, maybe early 1790s, going into the late 1790s, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a place that you would want to go. Um, it was more known for uh, very deep, thickly wooded areas. Um, the uh, um, the, the different kinds of things that you would see would be bears and coyotes and uh, different kinds of things that you wouldn't want to run into <laughs> when you're in the middle of the woods. Um, so 1803 officially is when the township or uh, was when the state of Ohio was was obviously uh, admitted to the United States. And then you had 1809 was the start of Green Township. So it's a little bit later than the state, but. Um, you know, it was uh, when it was started, when it was actually uh, incorporated. Well, and I shouldn't say incorporated. Uh, when it was established, it was the one of the only perfectly square townships in uh, what was then the this the old Sims Purchase, which John Cleve Sims is the guy that uh, helped to establish what we now know as the Cincinnati Greater Cincinnati area. Um, so. Um, he is kind of the guy. He's the guy. If you were to go back and, and trace, say, on, on the, the deed to your house, it would go all the way back to John Cleve Sims and then federal government of the United States. So, And unlike our side of town, uh, it has nothing to do with the Virginia military tract or uh, compensation for Revolutionary War veterans. Usually not. Um, yeah. Some of the first settlers came from New Jersey, uh, some of the New York areas. Uh, places that John Cleve Sims was very familiar with. Um, he was from New Jersey himself, so um, you know some of the some of the travelers and, and settlers that that came down the Ohio River um, had had read things that he had written, advertisements that he had put in newspapers, things like that. So um, it, settlement was very sporadic to say the least uh, until you start to get into the 1820s, 1830s. Then you started to have things be cleared out and. And farms were able to be established, and um, okay. that was that was kind of the main <laughs> the main thing in Green Township by that point. So when people are moving there early on, it's to live in the wilderness. Whereas on this side of town, if mostly Virginia military uh, veterans, their it's farming starts pretty early on this side of town. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, anybody who came here was was a, a brave soul. Um, <laughs> A lot of the it was literally the middle of nowhere. Um, you, know, you think about uh, even in early Cincinnati being down on the river, uh, the the big major hub of commerce that it was even at, at in the early 1800s. Green Township was just it was way way out there. Um, it was a day travel just to get from Green Township into um, the city of Cincinnati. Say if you were driving pigs down the roads uh, for slaughter or whatever you were doing. 
it was that's that's what it was. I mean, it was it was way way out there. It was a, it, yeah. People don't really realize. You think about that today. Like I'm only what seven miles from downtown, but back in the day, that was that was a day's trip, man. That was your whole day. <laughs> that was that was, and if it was winter time, you might want to consider sleeping in a hotel and in, in yeah, in the and, city. The, and just going back, yeah, just to travel that that distance. What about the native population? Because we had, of course, a, a big native population here that left. For the most part, shortly before uh, uh, people showed up from the eastern part of the of the, of the continent, but uh, although the second oldest house in the township, there are still um, there's there's holes in it from where uh, natives were, which were shooting at the at the residents. That's always pointed out. I think actually both the and the, and the oldest one also has one on the upstairs. There's you can see holes where bullets came through. But um, so what's the native population like in Green Township? in the late 1700s, early 1800s? Not necessarily the most happy with uh, individuals coming into what they consider to be their, their sacred hunting ground. Um, it, was the, it was the Shawnee, Native American Shawnee, uh, that was here originally, um, I guess by the time you had the, the European and American settlers coming in. Um, the uh, Probably what what kept some of the settlement from from really taking off was the attack at Fort Dunlap um, up in Coring Township, which saw uh, two to three hundred Native Americans surround the the settlement there uh, along the Great Miami River and laid siege. Um, they um, they took a they had captured a settler earlier and brought him out and tortured him in front of everyone. Um, and I, and the descriptions that I've read said that it, it his cries ended when they, um, they, they had him disemboweled and they, they built a fire on top of his chest. And, you know, you can just imagine sitting, reading these things going, oh my gosh, whoa. Wow. So they were not happy with, uh, with, with, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, with people moving in and, and doing what they were doing, you know, clearing the land and taking away what they knew as their, their way of life. Hmm. And uh, so, and how long before these, uh, you know, places like Bridgetown and Covedale and Dent are, are all established and kind of what's the chronology of those? Uh, generally, you would see uh, places like Bridgetown and, and Dent uh, established in the 1820s, 1830s, roughly. It's when you start to see, um, you know, mentions of, the, of those places. Uh, Bridgetown got its name, uh, w- what we think was from not a, not a bridge in the area, not, you know, nothing geographic. It was just the many of the early settlers um, came from Bridgeton, New Jersey. So ah, you know, there you go. Kind of a, kind of a, a play on words there, I, I guess you could say. Um, and then uh, it was 1840s, 1850s when you start to see some of those places really show up on, on the map. Um, like the uh, Dent, actually, it's kind of a, a strange name, I think, to a lot of people. Um, you know, that it was originally called Challensville after a minister who came through the area by the name of Challen. Um, and I, uh, there was a uh, state representative in the area by the name of Charles Remlin. So Remlin Road that is named after him. Um, that uh, his big thing was let's name different areas after uh, geographic features. So there was a big dent in some of his property. So let's call it Dent. So there <laughs> you have Dent. And I guess a dent is also it's a valley too, which is a, kind of fits in with the geography of the area. 
Absolutely. Well, especially when you get off of 74 there at the Harrison uh, exit, it is, uh, it, it's kind of a low area prone to flooding. So uh-huh. there you uh, go. I know that's something that they are working on almost every year. So, yeah. So speaking Absolutely. of speaking of Dent, I guess people know it mostly. Its most famous landmark would be the Dent Schoolhouse. Yes, absolutely. the The big Dent Schoolhouse. Um, that is uh, that. That's probably what most people know it as today. Is a schoolhouse or uh, the haunted house? I, the I haunted house. Yeah, yeah. And what what's the story behind that? When was that built? <laughs> well, we know that there was a school on that property as early as the late eighteen forties. It was a wood frame school from what we knew. Um, the the schoolhouse that is there today, that is the haunted house, that serves as the haunted house, uh, that building was built in the 1890s. Um, and then it was, you know, kind of moving forward. Um, it was something that, uh, um, you know, had various different incarnations of um, early schools. Um, and by early schools, um, you know, you might have first grade through fourth grade. You might have uh, what we would consider to be in terms of grades, like, say, second grade all the way up to 11th grade. Um, and then uh, in 1949, they were able to uh, get the funding together to combine that with another uh, smaller school, uh, part of the Green Township Rural Schools. And that, that there, uh, it was combined with what is now called uh, Springmeyer School today. Uh, that's one of the elementary schools within the Oak Hills district. Hmm. Um, so from the 1950s going into the 1970s, it was it had served as, as a couple different things. It was a machine shop. It was a, a boat sales uh, type of a place. Um, and then late 80s, early 90s, it start, uh, a, a couple Boy Scout groups started to run a haunted house as a fundraiser. Um, and then it kind of morphed into... Uh, you would have other places try to do the same thing, um, say, the, what, for whatever reason, you'd have the Boy Scout groups not want to do it. Um, so you'd have outside groups come in, and, and finally the group that uh, that took it over today uh, was able to establish it. Um, you know, they've done a fantastic job. You know, the, um, the animatronics that they've got and the, the actors and everybody that goes into that is, is really, really neat. Um, they've got a, a very interesting story that goes along with it as well. Um, and I kind of chuck, l- l- let's just say it, it was, it was a very boring school. Uh, nothing, they have a good story going, <laughs> let's put it that way. And it, so it's being used as a school as late as post-World War II. Correct. That's Correct. unusual because uh, over on, on our side of town here, uh, they're phasing out those buildings in the 1920s uh, and, and to where we have um, the first Anderson High School. And uh, what's now the Miami Valley Christian Academy are the only two schools really in the township after the 1920s. And they're more like we would call modern schools, like you were saying, with, you know, the, the grade divisions. And it's not everybody crammed into one one classroom. So, uh, right. That, that's interesting. And then, of course, after World War II, uh, all over the suburbs outside of Cincinnati, we see the explosive growth. How does that happen in uh, in, in green and, and in coal rain? Well, in, in Green and Corain, uh, both uh, both of the townships, you saw um, it, it was all a part of the the big suburban sprawl movement, which was happening after World War II. Uh, developers started to figure out that uh, they could offer uh, a, large landowners or farmers, you know, which were there was both in in both of the townships, 
um, that uh, you know basically they had uh, huge tracts of land they could offer them say a couple million dollars and you know as the development kind of aspect goes you can slap up all kinds of houses and you know put in all kinds of streets and um, with sewers and uh, a lot of guys coming home on the GI Bill especially oh, yeah. uh, started to um, you know, get uh, various different kinds of loans and were able to secure the, the funding to be able to do that. So um, once people started to figure out that they could uh, they could start in, in one subdivision and after two or three kids, they could move to another to a bigger house and still be within that same area and then park in their their driveway or in their garage and um, in the morning go to work inside of the city. It was it was on like uh, like gangbusters. For, for a lot of those guys. Now, one big difference between the west side and the east side is that you have a, an interstate bisecting the west side, which you do not on this side of town. You have a north-south artery, but that's really to the western edge of uh, the eastern suburbs. So how does I-74 impact that growth? Um, yeah, there, was, there were some places uh, that uh, weren't necessarily very um, keen on it. Um, you know, one of the places was... Uh, um, you know, kind of going through the, I guess the the north. Uh, if you're looking at a map, uh, kind of a, the northeastern section, Mount Airy, uh, where it passes through. Um, you know, there were there was already Mount Airy forest uh, in that area, so there was a lot of concern about the environmental impact when that went through. Um, you know, the the bad thing about um, a lot of that is um, it kind of slowed some of the growth in the area, so. You saw some of the exits off of 74 not necessarily built large enough to take a lot of the traffic that you would expect when you have a highway go through. Um, so you didn't necessarily see the growth until you start to hit the late 1980s and 1990s that you have today. Um, I also have in my notes here, uh, Monfort Heights. I only have that in my notes because I worked at a blockbuster video there once uh, or twice, subbing for some. So that was really my first exposure to the Western Hills uh, properly. Any interesting hi- history of Monfort Heights? Uh, Monfort Heights was actually named after a postmaster of Cincinnati, uh, Charles Monfort. So um, that's probably the biggest thing. But then the other thing is that uh, you, you go to Montford Heights and you see the signs for Welcome to Green Township and, and things like that. Um, believe it or not, that is a part of the Northwest District, um, the Northwest School District. So um, that kind of goes back to the old um, uh, the consolidation movement that was happening in the 1950s. Um, they did not want to join with the other individual smaller schools, uh, which were Bridgetown and Green Township and Delhi to form the Oak Hills District. They already had a relationship, which was at that time, uh, the, the Corrine Consolidated School District. And then when Montford Heights joined, um, that became the Northwest Local School District. Okay. So let's talk a little Coleraine. Is its, is its history remarkably different, or I'm sure it's a bit of a different history? Um, there's a lot of similarities, but then there's also some differences as well. Um, probably the biggest thing that, uh, within recent history is the building of Northgate Mall, uh, which Green Township does not. Um, you know, that, that was a big, huge boom for, for Coleraine Avenue, especially. Um, that would be, and then also I, I'd mentioned it before the, the attack on Fort Dunlap, uh, in the area that was down along the Great Miami River in the western part of Coleraine Township. So, um, you know, Green Township doesn't necessarily have those. Um, 
whereas Coring Township kind of has some of those little interesting tidbits that happened. So even uh, before the war, uh, Coleraine Avenue is st- still a major artery uh, through the area. And is, does, the, does the growth kind of happen around that initially? It does. Uh, Coleraine Avenue, um, if uh, you know you were to see some of the pictures during that time period, uh, you'd be very surprised at how barren it looks. Um, you know, some parts were gravel and, and mud uh, roads, but, you know, that was where a lot of the farmers uh, took Coring Avenue down into, um, you know, down the, down Coring Hill, I guess you could say, uh, down into the city of Cincinnati, driving their, their livestock and then bringing their crops in as well. But hard to imagine that today. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 you wouldn't think of that today, you know, going up, uh, you know, various parts of Coring Avenue, it's, it's a very modernized <laughs> type of an area. And, you know, you see, you think about cows and pigs going down those those roads, it it baffles your mind. Um, so does I seventy four? Is it it does it buy? Where does, where does it actually go through? And it goes through Green Township. Goes through Green Township, go, and then goes further out west, you know, okay. out towards Harrison, so, and then into Indiana. So, but so does it bisect the the township, and I guess in a bad way because, of course, we know from uh, I guess we had on about talking about Northside last year. Um, it bisects what's Cumminsville and splits Cumminsville into what we now call South Cumminsville, and there's no more Cumminsville. Cumminsville becomes Northside. And right. uh, it splits into right. two different. Does it does that have that, that kind of same effect in Green Township, or is it not quite? Because it comes through as the population is growing in the fifties and sixties. So, does it, so does it have a negative effect, or not so much? Not necessarily. I, probably what a developer would tell you is the is the one negative is towards the northern, uh, or I get I guess the northern part of the township above seventy four. You don't necessarily have the the sewers, especially in. Um, you know, you go further north from Dent, uh, you don't have the sewers in place uh, that you have. So um, any development, they, they've had to go in and, and put those things in and, and you're constantly tearing up the roads and, and doing things like that. So, um, you know, that would probably be the, the one negative, but then it's a positive because you still have development going on today. And the thing I was going to say about Coleraine Avenue is um, I remember from looking at some of the previous master plans for Greater Cincinnati, I'm pretty sure there was a proposal on the books to turn Coleraine Avenue into actually a limited access highway. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah, there, there's been various plans <laughs> for that. Um, I, back in, I think it was 1997, 98, 99, there was a big mass transit proposal and Northgate Mall for like it was like a monorail proposal oh. type thing that uh, Northgate Mall was supposed to be stopped and then um, the the 74 exit in Green Township uh, multiple exits were supposed to be stops and be park and ride so there's been lots of different kinds of plans like that but nothing ever really came to fruition with that wait we were gonna have a monorail um, how did that I, was a proposal. How did um, I not know this? <laughs> um, it was uh, it was supposed to be light rail, and that okay. was one of the things that uh, that they talked about was uh, you know a lot of your politicians would, yeah yeah uh, say let's do a monorail or let's do um, you know, say like a a train type thing and yeah um, you know, whether it was voted down and defeated pretty handily um, mm. it, it was a, it was a tax obviously so. Um, it, it didn't fly very well during that time period. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the people that lived in the suburbs at the time, 
uh, would drive into um, into the city where their jobs were. So it wasn't seen as a major necessity. Yeah, I remember they proposed the the bullet train, and they proposed a periodic that will run from Cincinnati to to downtown Cleveland, and uh, people are always like, nah. Although they finally in Orlando approved the uh, the one there that's supposed to run from the airport uh, through Orlando, and the biggest proponent of that, of course, was Disney because right, it would take right. people away from the resorts, and you know, which <laughs> it's just funny how all that how all that works. So getting back to, I guess the the biggest thing people will know in uh, Coleraine Township, as you said, is the, the Northgate Mall. And how does that impact things? And then, of course, the decline of the Northgate Mall, what do you reckon that is owed to? Well, I, it, it's always hard to say, and I, I think that's, that's the thing that a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around, is um, it's a mall that's kind of kept going. Um, it's, it's been redeveloped multiple times. Um, different things have gone in. Um, probably the latest thing has been the movie theater, the escape movie theater that's there. Um, that's, that's really done well for, for a lot of the, I guess the anchor tenants, but it it is definitely done better than forest fair mall. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, uh, um, you you can see all the, the different kinds of photos of it today and, and what it's being used. There's not a lot there. Uh, but you know, Northgate's kind of, it's the, it's the one that's just kind of, pulled its bootstraps up and we're going to keep going and keep doing what we need to do. Yeah, of the three along uh, I-275 up there, it does seem to have managed to hang on uh, the longest and is still, I guess, the healthiest of the three. When Forest Fair opened, was that really a huge drain on the area? <clears throat> I really don't see it as being a major drain. You know, when you when you look at it, it, it was lauded as you know, this is the growth of, of, of the area. Now we can support multiple malls and things like that. Um, you know, I, I remember when Forest Fair was built, um, seeing the signs, you know, driving along 275 with my mom or my dad, um, you know, seeing cows out there. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's this big, huge built out area. Um, you know, what North, one of the other things that Northgate has going for it that I don't necessarily know that Forest Fair ever did is that it has a, a pretty captive population. You know, Northgate oh, yeah. has people coming down Northgate uh, or not Northgate coming to Northgate down Corian Avenue from areas like Ross and in and, and different places like that. So, you know, if they need to get something in particular, they're going to go there. Um you know, and, and all the, the different kinds of developments that grew up in and around uh, Northgate Mall in particular, um, you know, some of the specialty type places. Have there been attempts to beautify Coleraine? Because over here we've had a huge push in the last couple of years to beautify uh, Beachmont. And they want to make it look like one of the roads, you know, up in, in Westchester or, where the, or Union Center Boulevard. And, of course, the problem is, is that no matter how much you dress it up, you still have those power lines running down the road that were installed there in the 50s, and they told us in a township newsletter it would cost millions and millions and millions of dollars to move those power lines. But they still put all these nice little lamps up along the road, and they've done everything they can to make it look nice, but it doesn't really seem to help. And have there been pushes over there on your side of town to do that with Coleraine? Absolutely. Um, That has always been the big thing with Coleraine Avenue is what can we do to try to make it look good Um, and and try to make it attractive to people to to make people want to come there and they've done the same thing you know they've they've put in the the very nice uh 
um, lamps and you know they've, they've done the banners and, and all the different kinds of things. And it, it really does. It looks very nice. Um, but the same thing with the power lines, you know, and I, I guess uh, lots of different individuals have said, uh, you know, well, why don't we try to bury them? Yep. Well, that's that's a multimillion dollar type of a of a project. That, yeah. That there's other things that need to happen. Before exactly. That, yeah. Before yeah. That takes precedence. Yeah, and even if you know when you, they build all these new, um, you know, because there's a lot of, I don't know, is 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 it like on, on Corian? Is it like on Beach Road? We get, a, I would say, a fair amount of turnover, not only in the fact of new businesses moving in and out, but whole new buildings. They, um, uh, Gold Star tore down. They bought the old KFC, flattened it almost entirely, and rebuilt a whole new Gold Star there. Frisch's rebuilt their whole store there next door. I think back in the '90s. Is there that a lot of that kind of turnover on Corian? Yeah, um, you saw one of the older Krogers that, and I, when I say older, I, it's more than 20 years old. Um, they they actually moved across the street, um, built a brand, and it's a beautiful store. But, you know, it's one of the big Kroger super yeah. whatever they want to call them. Marketplace, I think they um, call them. Yeah, yeah, a lifestyle type. What, you know, however you want to you, you want to describe it, but um, in the old building that is, I I believe there's something supposed to be going into the old Kroger across the street. So you know that's a good thing, but at the same time, um, you know it's it's amazing how quickly that happens as well because that happened within a span of once they got started with the building process, it was six to eight months, and they're up and and ready to go. And like you were saying, it's weird to think that like, that's the exact same thing happened here. The uh, They built a, a Kroger on top of the old Anderson High School, and the Anderson High School is behind the uh, was the then Kroger. And now that Kroger is a uh, St. Elizabeth Medical Center, and across the street is the big new Kroger. And that's been, gosh, it, does, it doesn't seem like it, but it's been almost 20 years since that happened. And it was right. yesterday. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and even in Green Township, they had – a Kroger that was less than 20 years old that they, it was on the same plot of land, but they just kind of went across the, the access road and built that. And, you know, the, so big, huge development and, you know, same thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how they, how they make that work. It was interesting. The fellow from Northside was telling us about how they wanted to put a, a Walgreens in Northside and the business development community said, well, that's great, but can you like build it so it's on the sidewalk and it looks like the rest of the architecture around here? And Walgreens said, nope. <laughs> and they said, are you sure? So, and he said, and he explained to us, he goes, yeah, because they don't care. They build these stores the last 20 years. And then after that, they move to another store down the street and they don't care. So that's somebody else's problem now. Someone else can, you know, move in there. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of sad in a way because you would think, you know, uh, they would want to be a little better stewards of the community. And I'm sure some, some places are, some stores do try to build their way in and make it look like, but, um, so it, is there a lot of like new developments still going on in, in Green Township and Colerain? Because it seems like they're still finding places to jam houses in on this side of town, even though it's all in the hills and some of them are falling off and we have plenty of people to live here now. Stop moving here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There, there are, um, there's new, uh, development is slowed of housing, you know, obviously with, with everything going on, uh, today, but, um, you still see, um, numerous different things going to like the zoning boards and, and things like that for, um, things as small as 10 to 15 homes all the way up to your, your big condo and townhome type, type developments. So, uh, you still see quite a bit of that. 
um, which speaks to the just the viability of the area. Um, but at the same time, it's you kind of lose some of that rural character as well. And I know that's something that uh, that a lot of people don't necessarily want to <laughs> want to lose. But at the same time, that is that's kind of some of the the suburban sprawl aspect. Yeah, we still have, we still have a few farms out here. And we're only yeah, a couple yeah. of miles from, from downtown. And and over there, as, as the name of the township actually implies, do you have a lot of green space? Because there's been a big effort here to just preserve green space. But then you have like – is, is Mount Airy Forest in Green Township as part of it or is it west of the – A little bit of it is in Green Township. Okay. Uh, it's not much. That's mostly a, a, a city of Cincinnati, um, I, I guess, property. Oh, I didn't know um, that. A, a park, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So um, Mount Airy originally, though, was a part of Green Township. So it was an uh, area that was annexed by the city of Cincinnati at the same time they got Westwood uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, um, but yeah, the township, Green Township is, uh, and, and Coring Township have been big on trying to preserve their, their park space and, and green space. Um, one area that I that I frequent quite a bit, my my kids and my wife frequent are is the um, there's an old uh, Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad uh, right away uh, that goes through the township that uh, the township was able to acquire. That's that's here in Green Township. Um, they made it into a nice uh, walking and, and biking trail. So um, you know, nice wooded walk, you know. Um, I, I ride my bike there quite a bit. So, um, it's, those are the areas that, uh, that are newer. Uh, some of the the parks that are here, uh, that they develop are, are very well used. Lots of, lots of sports, lots of, uh, lots of recreational, uh, use walkers, bikers, hikers, um, lots of things going on. Are there any little bits of like hidden history in the townships, for example, when you mentioned the bike trail, it reminded me that part of the uh, Miami bike trail in Anderson Township, where at, right south of Lunkin Airport, is actually the old right-of-way for the uh, Georgetown and Cincinnati Railroad. And if you go along Kellogg Avenue, you can see where the, the trestle used to go bend out over Kellogg, but they uh, closed it off, and you can see where the old roadway used to go. And there's just little bits and pieces you can see. You can see the old trestle right by the airport. Are there any, any cool things like that you can find in, in green and um, let's see, probably, um, I'll, I'll start with Coleraine Township, um, Coleraine Historical Society. One of the neat little things that they've done is they preserved an old toll house from, uh, I believe it was in, uh, White Oak roughly, oh. um, that, uh, close to Banning Road is where the toll house was. They, they got it, they restored it. They put it down in their park down along the great Miami river. Um, open every day to go down and see. So you can kind of see um, how somebody who ran a, a toll house would have lived. Hmm. Uh, small little, neat little thing. You know, uh, getting there probably would take more time than <laughs> going through it, but um, very well worth your trip to go see. You know, they've done a fantastic job yeah. with that. Um, in Green Township, one of the, the neat little things is actually on that uh, uh, walking biking trail that I talked about. They actually have one of the old uh, mile markers from the railroad that they've preserved down there. Um, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you would just walk right past it or bike right past it and yeah. not even see it. But it is uh, – I believe it is said that it was the four-mile marker. I wouldn't quote me on that, but um, – 
it was uh, and, and that was a, a railroad line that went from um, that actually went up to and connected to the Fernald plant. So it took uh, materials up there. So um, you know, little things like that are all over the place. That That's one of the neat things about local history. That's really cool. And we mentioned the communities of Green Township. What, were, what are some more of the communities of Coal Rain? Because I think when people think Coal Rain, they just think Northgate Mall and, the, of course, Coal Rain Avenue stretching south from there. Uh, what's right. it, what else in Coal Rain Township? Coal Rain, you have uh, some of the places like um, uh, were named like Dunlap after uh, John Dunlap. That's that's up close to uh, where Vino Clet Winery is today. Um, you have Grossbeck, um, and that is uh, that roughly the the center of that is uh, the intersection of, of Galbraith and Coal Rain Avenues. Um, you have Beavis, which is up close to. Um, I guess uh, close to the headquarters of uh, where Rumpke is today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have Pleasant Run, which is uh, up uh, Pippin Road, uh, getting close to the, the Hamilton County, Butler County line. Um, that That's uh, one of the other areas. And then finally, White Oak. White Oak is – neat thing about White Oak is that uh, most of it is in – Colerain Township, but there is a portion of it that is actually technically in Green Township as well. I think uh, Loveland actually is half of it is in Claremont County and half of it is in um, is in Hamilton County. Oh uh, no, and, and part of it is in Warren County, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how how that works. So all these places in these uh, there's no like no incorporated. Ta- they're all just what, like what they call census designated areas. They're all just, correct. Yeah. Correct. They, a lot of them started as as little hamlets where uh, you might have a blacksmith and, and and various other different things to support the farmers in the area. And where they really got their name, where the name stuck, was if there was a postmaster uh, with a post office in the area. That's you know they needed a place to send their mail, so um, it would you know, get the name of, of of something in the area. Yeah, over on our side of town, at least in Anderson Township, there's it's divided up into little areas. But I'm not sure if people are, are well familiar with what those areas are even called. And one I finally had, I asked somebody in one of the Facebook historical pages. We have an area called Sherwood Forest, and I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't see that on old maps. I'm like, did it become Sherwood Forest because they put a housing development in there and called it Sherwood Forest? And sometimes I said, yeah, that did not exist until the 50s, and then it became uh, it's it's, uh, it's just like Cherry Grove or Forestville or. Or any other parts of the uh, of the township, um, right? So, for your day job, you are a, a high school history teacher. Do I understand that correctly? Correct, correct. Yeah, you're you're getting a, a high school history teacher who has been quarantined since March. So, if yep. I run on, I, I apologize. Oh, you're fine. No, this is this is this is what we like. What school do you teach at? I teach at Northwest High School. Okay, um, I'm I'm heading into my twentieth year there. Oh my so, gosh. Um, teach multiple AP classes and oh. U.S. history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also a, I teach the, what you and I would remember from school is dual credit. Uh, it's now called College Credit Plus or oh. CCP. So okay. I'm an adjunct for that as well. So My daughter uh, took AP history this year. And, okay. uh, boy, there's some, there's some detail there, boy. And oh, I, yeah. they had her watch oh, yeah. some documentaries on YouTube, which I was more than happy uh, to watch with her. What, like, what area do you specialize? They, this year she covered, I think they covered most of the 1800s U.S. history, if memory serves. Okay. So okay. what, what do you, I uh, do, 
I do AP European history and then I do AP world history. Um, so those are both very, very different animals and yeah, yeah. With, with what we cover and there's a little bit of overlap there. So that makes well, it yeah. a little bit, uh, easier, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's a lot for the, for the students. It, it's very challenging. Let's put it that way. So what era of history is your favorite? Like if you could, you know, get dumped back in history, uh, like on that Star Trek episode where this one planet's ending and they send all the citizens back to um, some other part of time in the planet's history, and there's one guy left to make sure everybody gets out. Um, what what part would you be sent back to? I would say probably the late 1800s would be my time period, and that would be late 1800s, probably Cincinnati, just so I could try to figure out what ah. was what area. I, that would just be so neat to me. Um, you know, the, I'll. My my kids and I and my wife just finished watching Back to the Future. You know, all three. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you, know, the, the nice thing was that I was able to get my kids to kind of start to imagine. You know, what uh, you would know, say, like in Back to the Future three, when they go back to the eighteen hundreds, um, that you know what Green Township would have been like, or what some of the other would that have been Cheviot at the time? You know, the the small uh, yeah. city of Cheviot. So. Um, you know, and then the, the very first one with the 1950s, you know, go, when he finally goes into Hill Valley and, um, you know, the Mr. Sandman song plays, um, would that have been, uh, downtown Cheviot at the time, you know, so that would have been the, to me, that would have been pretty neat is to go back to the mid to late 1800s after the civil war, you've got the industrial revolution going on, but, um, you still got a lot of differences than what you have uh, today that would be to me very very neat. I am um, wasn't really sure how to ever answer that question until I heard a thing on NPR. Uh, I forgot even which show it was on. It might have might have been. I think it was Planet Money actually, the Planet Money podcast, where they pointed something out, which made me decide they would have to be sometime after the 1920s because really before that life was hard. I mean, yeah. if you were one of these settlers <laughs> in Colerain or Green Township or Anderson Township up until like around the First World War. Life was really, really hard. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate exactly. that. Like what your day to day existence was, man. You you got up and you worked, you know, from sun up till sundown and yeah. And um Well and and especially you think about getting your water from wells. Yes. And um you know, having to make sure that uh the, the outhouse was was working properly and it wasn't leaching into the water. And yeah. All kinds of things that we just you know, we, we just go to the faucet and get some water right. and yeah. Light. Oh, I don't like the faucet water. I, I want some bottled water. Well, I also heard uh, this might have been the, the same uh, episode as they were pointing out that um, if you took somebody from like the year 1000 to the year like 183040, they would probably still recognize a lot of things and life wouldn't change as so much. Whereas if you took someone from 1830 and forwarded them to 2020, they'd be like, holy crap. Or even to, to even right. to after World War II, they'd be like, holy crap. Uh, how things have changed in, you know, in exactly. ways you don't consider. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and, and you look at, uh, you know, the whole thing is since we're in the, uh, in, in the pandemic, uh, time period here, um, you think about all the, the different kinds of diseases that were still kind of around, um, in even let's say 19, let's say 1901. Um, you, you think about the things like, uh, typhoid or, yellow fever or different kinds of things that we have no clue what those things are. Um, even dysentery, yeah. you know, something that, 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 you know, things like water filtration have taken care of that, 
Um, you got to make sure you you pay attention to your health because if you don't, you can you're gone pretty quickly. Yeah, and weirdly, at the time, a lot of them didn't even know. We we uh, visit the uh, Southern Indiana Holiday World that area, and we usually go to the Lincoln Forest and and visit there. And the the what killed. Uh, President Lincoln's mother, they didn't have a handle on that until the 1920s. They didn't figure that one out. She had she had what was called the milk sickness. They figured it was she right. was from bad milk. They didn't know how the poison got into the milk, and then they finally figured out, in not until like 60 years later almost, that uh, the cows would wander into the woods, eat this one particular weed that would put a toxin in the milk, and that's what would kill you. Exactly. It's so weird to think that. Yeah. So what does the it future is. what does the future hold? You reckon for for Green Township and and Colerain Township? I know you know be, sprawl seems to continue up north into Warren and Butler counties, and you know it, it seems that like places like Anderson and Colerain and Green are kind of holding on to their population because it's it's attractive to not be that far away from the city center. Um, how's it looking over on that side of town? Uh, same thing. You're starting to see more investment in the medical centers. You know the 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 various different kinds of mercy uh, mercy built their their big uh, west campus. It's what they call it uh, along North Bend Road here in Green Township. Um, you know you have uh, the various other different kinds of things that uh, that go in. A lot of your chain restaurants will come here and then they'll go out, and others will come in, and then others will go out. Um, I, that's what I, I I think a lot of people do find it very attractive just to be as close as they can to the city without being in the city. Yes, you know, especially if you live in the suburbs. Um, you know, sometimes people want to just kind of go and live in the city because that's what they've always wanted to do. But then others want to stay close to it, but you know, and have all the amenities, but not necessarily be within the the bigger city limits. So I could see that happening for for the conceivable future at least so but things are looking good in Colerain and green township so far so good <laughs> um you know the, hopefully uh hopefully things can continue on the the way that they are you know you still see some development starting to see some of the the houses being flipped now and, and just beautiful what with what these uh different uh smaller companies have done you know just amazing what they what they do with houses that have been in one you know one hand I guess uh, one family since the 1950s or 1960s, and they, I mean, it literally, it looks like something you might see on HGTV or the DIY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen a lot of this thing where we talked to the these home builders a couple months ago, and I was telling them about how it seems, particularly in Madeira and in the Kenwood area, people are buying the lots and then flattening the house and building an entirely new house. I've only seen that maybe two or three places here in Anderson that that's happening. Is that happening over there or are people, like you said, more so moving in and just fixing up the existing house? It's more the moving in and fixing up. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that that's not happening, but that's not anything yeah. that I have seen just okay. living over here. Um, you know, just an amazing thing what, what these people can do when they move in and you know, literally rehab all the, you know, and I, I find it difficult just to rehab a, a flower bed. And, oh, I know, you know, man. It gives me so much anxiety less, seeing that. <laughs> right. I mean, just much less living with within all the dust and, and, and everything that, that goes with that. It's crazy. Well, great, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today. Learned a lot about uh, Colerain and Green Township, and hopefully everybody else did too. And uh, do you have anything you want to promote, like where you can find your books and whatnot? Do you have like a, a website and or anything else you want to plug? Sure. Uh, 
www.joefligginger, that's all one word, dot com. Um, that is where you can find out about uh, whatever I do and, um, you know, different projects that I'm a part of. Also, uh, I'm, I'm vice president of the Green Township Historical Association, so uh, you can check them out um, at uh, uh, greentwphistory.com uh, uh, or .org. Uh, either way, you can get to us. Um, and then, uh, you know, check out Corrine Historical Society's small little museum that they have as well. Um, you could just Google that and, and you can find uh, some of their hours with that as well. But yeah, my books are available on Amazon, a uh, couple other little places here and there uh, throughout, uh, um, you know, just whenever I can get them into a, a place, that's that's where I have them. So, cool. Uh, yeah, check them out. Okay, so the last order of business, of course, will be the uh, the coupon code for folks to take 20% off their entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. So uh, so what would you like your your code word to be for the uh, up until the next episode? All right, can we do two words? Sure, absolutely. All right, how about West Side, Best Side? West Side, Best Side. Okay, I'll make that all one word for everybody, and I'll remind you on okay. the other side. Okay. West Side, Best Side, very good. All right, well, great. And people can use that to take 20% off uh, their next order at cincyshirts.com or oldschoolshirts.com and or the stores when we get those back open. We're still working on that. But, uh, well, uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are the Village Green. Preservation Society God save the old duck For the bill and variety We are the desperate and Appreciation Society God save strawberry jam With all the different varieties Joe Flickinger Boy, always uh, struggle for a, a playout song. Not always, sometimes. And then uh, I was digging around, and I, that was just was so obvious. The Kinks, what a great tune. The Village Green Preservation Society. Boy, if you've slept on the Kinks, man, uh, go back and discover. All right, so anyway, I was, I was driving around my township, Anderson, the other day, and was thinking about uh, what Joe and I discussed uh, about uh, the difference between the townships and as far as what residents say, as, you know, as far as where they're from. And over there, it's by Neighborhood Slash Town, and over here in Anderson, no one says I live in Sherry Grove or Forestville or Asbury, unless you're talking to a fellow resident of the township, then they say, oh yeah, I live over in Sherry Grove or Sherwood Forest, whatever, so it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm an odd duck. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or someone you'd like to hear again on the podcast, drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com, put podcast guest in the subject line, and tell us about the person you'd like us to have on the show, or the person you'd like to have uh, again on the show, and maybe some little bullet points about why this person would be a great guest or maybe some things we didn't cover with a previous guest. So uh, do that at your leisure. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And if you haven't already, as always, go back and check out those Cincy Shirt podcast archives, 126 great episodes back there if you haven't caught up on them yet. Uh, get to it. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. Find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct sports teams, like old hockey, football, baseball teams, that kind of thing. Um, old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations, that sort of affair. Like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. 
And again, the promo code for this episode is Westside Best Side. I just made that all one word. Westside Best Side. Just run it all together. Uh, all lowercase, all uppercase. You can alternate upper and lowercase. That part won't matter. But you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Here's a hack. You can use it once at each site. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye